Well, yeah. I mean, all these multiple businesses that we started as a way of, you know, aggressively reinvesting some of the capital that we were making at rock solid and doing it in a way where we're um, investing it right directly back into the community of Copper Harbor in a way that's hopefully like um, assisting in the development plan and, and the vision for the future and basically providing necessary resources. Welcome to Trail Effect. I am your host, Josh Blum. Trail Effect is a show that dives into the stories behind trails, the communities that embrace trails, and the people who rely on trails as a way of life. The goal of this show is to turn the stories you will hear from our guests into useful knowledge that can be applied to your community while providing some entertaining and inspirational content. Guests on Trail Effect include trail builders, board members, community leaders, volunteers, and regular people who really enjoy trails. Aaron Rodgers is our guest for episode one. Note, this is a relaunch episode that first aired on September 14th of 2020. Aaron is the owner of Rock Solid Trail Contracting based out of Copper Harbor, Michigan. Learn more about Aaron, how he got into building trails, his Trails End campground, and his latest venture, East Bluff Bike Park. Support for Trail Effect comes from Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Smith's is a full-service bike shop that is a retailer for Trek Bicycle Company and Salsa Cycles. Smith's also has a full line of components and accessories from Bontrager and other various companies. For more information about Smith's Bike Shop, go to www.smithsbikes.com. A special thanks goes out to Ben Wallenack of Mountain Bike Radio for supporting this podcast and to the people who have shared their time and knowledge. Without this, we would not have these stories to tell. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. Welcome to the Copper Harbor series. Today we have Aaron Rogers, who is a Copper Harbor resident and owner of Rock Solid Trail Contractors. Welcome, Aaron. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So what's your backstory, like where you grew up and how you got into mountain biking? Well, originally, you know, obviously like when I was younger, I was always a little bit of a daredevil running into people's cars on my BMX bike or flipping over the handlebars and needing stitches in my chin. But um you know, my true ma- uh, passion for mountain biking started when um, a family friend of ours lived pretty cro- close to the Rock Lake Trails up in Canva. I'm originally from uh, just south of Hayward, Wisconsin, just south of Stone Lake, kind of in between Stone Lake and Birchwood. Went to Birchwood High School and and uh, me and uh, another guy by the name of Jason Zavaldi were kind of like, you know, in a northern, a small northern uh, Wisconsin high school, we were the only two people to even mountain bike. So, you know, we hung out and, and kind of, um, got into the war series and, and kind of started racing and, uh, and that kind of led to, um, after I had moved down to Stevens point, Wisconsin to go to college. Um, I, it was kind of natural to kind of search out any kind of mountain biking organization. And, uh, they were just starting up the UW, um, Stevens point cycling team. So, um, I jumped on that and, and, and we started doing, uh, maintenance projects in the woods, you know, kind of building like the standard renegade North shore ladder bridges that were in at the time and all these little random parks around the area. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, it goes, it kind of goes way back to, you know, when I was 14, 15, kind of discovering single track for the first time. And at that point I'm like, wow, like mountain biking is a thing. And it just progressed from there. So what brought you up to Copper Harbor or the Keweenaw? 
uh, peninsula, peninsula specifically? Well, specifically it was Mount Bohemia because that was kind of the way I got introduced to the area. My family had, uh, you know, when we heard that it had opened up back in 99, I didn't come up on that first trip, but the year after, uh, I joined with my family on a little skiing vacation. Um, and at that point it was, you know, kind of mind blowing at the time to find a spot close by in the Midwest, uh, area that had up to, you know, uh, 900 vertical and it was all crazy downhill terrain. And, and in those early days too, it was just, you know, the powder lines were, endless because <laughs> nobody knew about it at the time yeah, and you get lots of snow up here yeah so i mean that kind of so 2000 that started and then from then on like it got to a point by 2005 where you know like i was skipping out on work all the time to make trips up here to go skiing so one year i was just like you know i'm gonna try to spend a summer up there and see what happens and me and my girlfriend at the time moved up here went to the general store been like hey you know like what do you got and they they pointed us in the direction of a landowner in town who had a place to rent and that's kind of how we landed here haven't gone anywhere since so so how how long were you here for before you got into building trails in this area well really only a year you know because that was that's kind of what i took away from being involved at uh university of wisconsin stevens point it was like biking's awesome but building was kind of my passion yeah, you know, being out in the woods, working with tools, chainsaws, stuff like that. I mean, just was a lot of fun. So, so it only took about a year, really. Uh, that first year, uh, that first summer that we were here after the winter was over, we I took a job at the Cuban Adventure Company and worked as a kayak guide for Sam and a mountain bike guide and a mechanic in his shop. Um, and at that point, I obviously was kind of right in the middle of all the conversation about trail building that was going on at the time, uh, on at the time. And a lot of that was with, you know, uh, Sam Raymond and Steve Rowe, who had already kind of had a, a plan in place and were working towards it. So they were the visionaries really. And then I kind of just figured out how I could plug into the system and start building trails and kind of use my experience and knowledge to, uh, you know, to contribute. So, so what was, what was the first trail that you're directly involved with then? That so would be I, part of the system today. It would be Zabit. It was uh, up at the mountain lodge, like all those little loops that uh, had been proposed. So we started working on that and kind of started doing more of a an advanced hand cut technique that, you know, obviously like I had heard of uh, the International Mountain Bicycling Association and kind of learned uh, the Inba Trail Solutions book and the sustainable trail building practices. So that's kind of when, you know, I kind of introduced everybody to that and say, hey, you know, we should really start moving in this direction um, of making sustainable trails and, and kind of learning grades and all that kind of stuff. Because a lot, a lot of the, you know, the mountain bike trails, obviously, back in those days was very much like adopted trails, like either old logging roads or yeah. um, deer paths or, or whatever it was. So people maintained them and rode them. But, the, you know, the obviously the um, the barrier to entry is pretty high because a lot of those trails were super advanced back in the day. And it took like a very specific type of person to want to go out and ride that. So I think, um, you know, since then there's been a huge progression and shift towards both the more flow based trails. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we come from is yeah. everything being rugged and natural. That's what I like about this place is that you have both. There's a good combination of everything here. I mean, it wasn't until the later days that we started even getting into machines and and uh, learning everything that machines were capable of. And, and then after that, like, 
You know, we were very much emulating our hand building practices with machines at the time, you know, trying to figure yeah. out how to make it narrow um, and more like single track, but then yeah, kind of add more, some more of those flow characteristics to it. And, and speed up production. And speed up produ- production. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So downtown was one of your first downhill trails here, right? Yeah. And that one was originally hand cut. It's obviously been reworked in multiple ro- locations and had rock work put in place by machines. But uh, originally it was hand cut and then a couple of revamps of it have been done since the origination. So speaking of trails in the community, you know, you've been here for quite a few years. How has is, how is the trails impacted this community in a positive way? And what have you seen over the years? I and mean, now we're in, you know, the middle of 2020. So we're talking, you know, at least 15 years that you've been here. Sounds like. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I've been here for 15 years now. And uh, it, when I first got here, it was funny. We were, we were definitely embraced as one of the newest members of the community because we were also the youngest, the youngest new couple to move to town. And, and so I think we bought a little bit of energy and enthusiasm uh, to the game. And, and as a result, we kind of, you know, with kind of pushing the trail scene forward, I think everybody you talk to in town would say like it's kind of been the savior of this town because it's increased traffic exponentially every year since we really kind of created an organized trail system and advertised it to the general masses. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, you've obviously been here on a yearly basis and you see the progression of it, but it's taken over town. I mean, you know, this year with coronavirus, like it's, you know, everybody was a little pessimistic going into the summer about what kind of traffic was going to happen, but it's been just ridiculously busy. And it's like, yeah, no, no events are happening, but it looks like there's a bike event in town every weekend. And it's so it does. it's just incredibly obvious, like the impact that it has on, on this town. And I think, uh, yeah, as a result, you're seeing a big shift, uh, lately real estate, real estate selling and on the market. Um, a much shorter period of time, whereas there's a lot of lots up here for sale for many years that hadn't been moving. So um, there's definitely more of a, a peak of interest in this area. Yeah. So one of your bigger projects that you guys have taken on is the Keweenaw Point Trail. And that's a that's a pretty big project. Do you want to maybe talk about how that began as a concept and and then kind of chronologically roll through where we are today and what the future might hold? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, back when they were purchasing the 8,000 acres out at the um, tip of the peninsula here, the state was doing that. Um, There was an advisory council created to provide recommendations to the state about how to properly manage and and develop that that property. And that uh, advisory committee, I think it was back in just for 2005 um, or in 2005, that created the recommendations that suggested a single track trail along the lakeshore for multiple purposes. And it was basically to provide hiking and biking opportunities to that, you know, pristine um, Lake Superior Lakeshore property. Uh, And then to offer, you know, kind of areas along the way that people could stop and rest, campsites, rest areas. And then that would also provide access for people by the water as well. So like kayaking and now stand up paddleboarding, which didn't exist back then. But, you know, you have trail and and water access. Awesome. So... Phase one was built in 2014, I believe, 14 or 15. All the years kind of blend together <laughs> these days, but uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds about accurate. 2014, 2015, and then moving into 16, 17, Keweenaw Point phase two. And then since then, we've been working on a larger grant project to fund phase three, 
um, which is all the design and everything's getting finished up right now, in which case we're going to be setting that up so it's ready to go out to bid year uh, in not too long. But, uh, you know, hopefully that project's going to progress and be completed in the next few years as well. But, you know, obviously, like I've, I've learned to be patient because everything takes longer than you would assume. So yeah, can't we, make any promises, right? We have a joke in the cross that we do stuff at the speed of government. <laughs> Which is the opposite of the speed of light. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of rules and regulation and hoops to jump through, but I think a lot of that is to make sure, you know, the overall community is uh, aware and involved if they want to be in the planning process and, and want to be able to give feedback on how we use those public lands because all input is necessary. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people feel like these super organized and and advanced user groups kind of bully themselves into places and, and take over. But uh, the reality is, is that is the beauty of democracy. That's how it works. You know, mm -hmm. the general population like comes in and, and if they have a demand, they make things happen. And I think that's been incredibly important throughout the years because, you know, obviously as the population increases here in America, it's like our, our need of outdoor recreational spaces increasingly gets greater. Yeah, this year highlighted that big time with trail use. I mean, it's a, up, I think, like 300% across the country. Yeah. You know, so uh, staying on the Keweenaw Point Trail Project, um, if everything goes through as the concept rolls out, what what type of mileage and experience are, do you expect out there? Yeah, so I mean, the whole project in entirety from phase one to phase two to phase three and then back to Copper Harbor is about 34 miles. Um, you know, there's small little chunks that are private property that we're trying to gain access to that aren't even part of phase one, phase two, or phase three. Um, those will be future phases that'll kind of be determined based on um, getting access. But for the most part, um, you know, besides, like I said, there's just a few miles that will be on the road temporarily until we can finish it up back to Copper Harbor. But there's still going to be 30 miles of single track out there. And the experience is going to vary. I mean, obviously, there's so many different rock formations up here. It's like usually the terrain and the rock formations is what dictates the style of the trail. Mm -hmm. You know, phase one, you got the conglomerate bedrock and it's chunky and, and we kind of carve the trail into it. So it's fast and fun. And then Phase two is really fun and flowy because there's dirt kind of in, in more of those hardwood forest areas. And uh, so you get a little bit of a rest, but then you get out to the lakeshore and then you get into the basalt formations. And that's even a little chunky yet because it is harder to manipulate that rock. So there's just going to be a super big diversity in, in terrain and, uh, and the trail will change style accordingly. And I think that's what's going to create such a unique experience. Awesome. So let's transition to your professional life as a trail builder. You know, I obviously that started here, you know, by you just helping out with the club. What's, how's that transition been? And, and when did you transition from Aaron at Copper Arbor Trails Club to Aaron? At, I think you went to IMBA and then beyond IMBA started rock solid trail contracting. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of transition early days of being more of a, you know, obviously a volunteer stopped pretty quickly because when I decided it was my passion and I really wanted to move forward with it, it's like, that's when I, you know, me and Sam, we grabbed the reins and we're like, okay, let's create a club and let's raise funding and figure out how to at least pay myself a little bit or anybody who wants to be out there building, how to pay people a little bit to do it because obviously it's a desire. 
So, you know, obviously the funding was pretty light the first few years, but, you know, as the club advanced, we figured out how to bring in more funding and, you know, we could provide a, a salary that was substantial enough for me to make a living up here. Um, and that was, you know, that was some of the really fun years where everything was super creative and there was low stress. You just go out in the woods every day, you and the dog and, you know, whatever yeah. volunteers or friends you can muster up and you're just busting out trail as you can. Um, and then we kind of, you know, increased the size of the crew. We hired Elias Featherly and, and, uh, he was, you know, my right hand man for, uh, many years, three years at the trails club until we, you know, I took a, it wasn't, I forget what year it was, but it had to be just prior, previous to 2014 when I started rock solid that I, I think it was 2012 to 2014. I worked for Imba Trail Solutions and kind of traveled around the country. And that was a great opportunity. Cause I got to learn from a lot of different trail builders and learn different trail building techniques and, and learn of what's going on in the industry, even outside of Copper Harbor. And, uh, so yeah, so the transition happened from about, you know, 2012, where I was working as an employee of the trails club, 2012, starting for IMBA. I still would work for IMBA during the summer as an IMBA employee, but I would primarily work in Copper Harbor during the summers just to keep Awesome. Um, advancing our mission and Imba like that, uh, like that partnership because, you know, they could obviously say that they didn't take ownership in Copper Harbor. So it was really good for everyone. And then, yeah, 2014 is when I started rock solid and, uh, you know, and I've, I've primarily did that. Um, and I was, so I was a trail builder for the Copper Harbor trails club at, uh, before that happened. And I was the president. And so the hardest part was to figure out how to transition, right? Because like a lot of times, you know, it, it, we had to bring in an executive director, get them trained in, and then, or it's like, well, you feel comfortable setting aside. So we made that transition. And the reason I, I did that transition and, and went to a private trail building company is because you did see so much opportunity back in the early days, there wasn't a whole lot of trail contractors and there was this huge variability of quality. Yeah, for sure. You know, there was no, there was no bid documents back in those early days. You know, it was all, yeah, just, it was all design build. You show up and, you know, they, they give you a number and they build it and you get what you get. And we kind of seen that and seen how we could put a better product for the money. And, and so we seen a lot of opportunity and we jumped into the trail building business. So, and then, uh, uh, you know, obviously since then it's like, we're a pretty big company now. We have 70 plus employees. And, and so there's been this huge progression of, of, uh, of work necessary to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of moving parts. <laughs> there is, there's a lot of moving parts and luckily, you know, there is a lot of demand for trails these days. Yeah. So what other regions do you typically build in? Obviously you can't build up here in the winter cause you get about 300 inches of snow. Yeah, you know, snow is a little bit much to overcome up here, um, <laughs> and uh, the winters are a little bit harsh, and you're just obviously not going to do much good. Kind of moving into mid October, it kind of since we're in a coastal climate, you start to get to that wet season where it's rainy all the time and it's miserable to be out in the woods. So, one of the things I knew early on running the company is to keep quality employees around. Really, you got to operate year round to be able to offer benefits and and to keep your talent so they don't go find different jobs that are better. And uh, so at that point, we started really looking around. Uh, we found some work in Hawaii and California uh, the early years, but primarily for the last four or five years, we've been working down in Bentonville, Arkansas. You know, obviously everybody in the mountain bike community is 
is fully aware at this point of uh, of the progression that's happened in Bentonville, Arkansas, and the immense amount of money they've and and resources they've dedicated to preserving their green space and and, and um, enhancing their trail systems. And uh, uh, we've been incredibly proud to be a big part of that. And uh, you know they keep keep bringing us back. So we're happy to be part of that train because they just keep rolling. You know, awesome. You've also been a part of, I believe, the Duluth Traverse. And some stuff up in north, uh, northeastern Minnesota, which is another kind of hub for trail building right now. How's that going? It's going great. You know, obviously we've had a pretty big influence in our region, right? And and we kind of consider the Lake Superior region our region, yep. and uh, um, Duluth and and Cuyuna, Crosby, North Shore stuff. Uh, you know, up in Grand Marais and uh, Tofty, and so there's. There's a lot of projects going on in Minnesota. So in the summers, typically we uh, we move a majority uh, of our crews north to kind of work on projects. You know, it's a, it's a little bit more tolerable up here in the summer as far as heat is concerned. And, and you know, obviously we're doing manual labor, so um, yeah, it's necessary to keep the morale up to not. And there's some people who like the sweltering heat down in Arkansas, and they stay there. Um, but for the most part, everybody is happy to get north for the summer. And a lot of it times it's closer to people's home regions too. So it makes family visits a little easier. Yeah, for sure. So one of the other businesses you've started since you started Rock Solid was the Trails End Campground. And that's actually where we are today. We're in your shop, which is a part of the Trails End Campground. How's, you know, how is that, how'd that concept come about and how is that coming along? Uh, well, it's coming, it's going along really well. I think, uh, this is, one of our final years in the dirt moving phase. So, you know, we've been steadily just investing uh, resources into the campground now for the last four years. And uh, we did it because, you know, being a a part of the cyclist uh, user group and and one that travels all over the country, a lot of times seeking out different trails to ride. One thing you you're always searching for uh, when you're a biker is just, you know, more of a backcountry camping experience, one where you're not one right on top of another. And uh, that that camping experience really didn't exist in Copper Harbor. Um, so we decided to look up and create a, a primitive campground instead of an approved campground, one that people kind of get a little bit more real estate to wander. And the property that we're on right now, I had been looking at for many years. Um, thinking that it would be a perfect campground because it was a development that um, never really took off because they created this little artificial lake and it's pretty close to Lake Superior and the lots were about the same price as the ones that were on Lake Superior. So nobody bought these lots. They would always purchase something else on the lakeshore. And and so the bank uh, ended up kind of taking it back and aggressively selling it. And I knew about that at the time and kind of approached them and made an offer. And yeah, here we are. So cool. Yeah, so you have primitive camping here, but you also are building some cabins. Yep. Yeah, we're doing some primitive camp cabins. They just have 12 volt solar and lighting and then chargers for, you know, USB port chargers for, you know, devices. So you can charge your phone and your laptop and stuff like that. That way, if you do find Wi Fi up here, you can communicate with people because we don't have cell phone signal yet. And uh, so that tends to be a challenge for communication for people. But that's also like, you know, one of the biggest marketing points of the area too is and why people come on vacation here is because you can turn your phone off and disconnect a little bit and yep. and, and not have to feel like you, you're required to stay in touch with the rest of the world at that point. Awesome. So 
we're going to move on to another one of your businesses because you're into a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. My hands are full. So you, you recently, or maybe in the last two to three years, picked up a property known as East Bluff up here. Uh, maybe you could go into what East Bluff looks like and what the, what the concept and how that's going to work out when it's all said and done. Well, yeah. I mean, all these multiple businesses that we started as a way of, you know, aggressively reinvesting some of the capital that we were making at Rock Solid and doing it in a way where we're um, investing it right directly back into the community of Copper Harbor in a way that's hopefully like um, assisting in the development plan and, and the vision for the future and basically providing necessary resources. So East Bluff was... Uh, the idea came along with when we were just kind of hanging around with a bunch of buddies. It's like, you know, if we we bought this property and started looking at creating like a whole separate bike park because we need more trails. You know, yep. the biggest thing we learned over the years is access to resources up here is hard. So we have 40 miles of really good trail up here, but now with the numbers that are coming here, they're just kind of getting overrun. And with the shuttles and this and that, it's just the trails are hectic. A lot of times. And so um, it, we really recognize that we need to expand our trail system. So we we're like, well, how can we assist as a company? And we we're like, well, you know, we could kind of create this, um, you know, we could attain this property and kind of put a plan together that would not only benefit the community, but benefit the company because we get to help develop the skills of our employees out there and train, you know, new foremen and new hand workers, and then also kind of keep our most experienced builders, um, at least a couple of them here um, on occasion to help train those people. And then as a result, really focus on making super high quality trail um, that uh, we're using different uh, techniques, different equipment, all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like our R&D research center, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the proving grounds. Yeah, it's kind of the proving grounds. And uh We've worked very closely with the Copper Harbor Trails Club and, you know, to help produce a system that makes sense and kind of create the management and, and keep it cohesive with what's going on. Yeah. And so we're going to have, a, you know, eventually out there, we'll have a full mountain bike park with shuttles. and. That's awesome. Are you going to do any kind of camping out there too? Or is it just going to be a mountain bike park? We're, we're, we've had options. Uh, we've kind of thrown along many options from putting like improved uh, cabins out there um, to campsites. And I think we're moving towards more primitive campsites, cabins so far, but, uh, like I'm not gonna make any promises on that because the vision keeps evolving a little bit, yeah. but our priority right now is to really get some mountain bike trails put on there to kind of create another little riding destination. And the nice thing is, is right now it's kind of another starting hub for the Keweenaw Point Trail because it's directly, um, kind of right along the line from Copper Harbor to the Keweenaw Point Trail. Yep, it's almost it's almost centered between phase one and phase two as they are today. Yeah. So with that, you have two trails out there right now that are open to the public. Um, one I think is Summer School, and the other one is Florine. Yep, Summer or, School and Florine. What's the flavor style of those two trails? Well, Summer School is a section of the Keweenaw Point Trail now, um, and in that it kind of is the artery that flows through the flows through the property at the base of East Bluff. So that's kind of going to be the collector for a lot of the gravity runs eventually. Um, and then it has access to a climbing route all the way to the top of East Bluff. And then you can flow through um, East Bluff to the state property and then connect right into phase two. Uh, and that trail, we're actually finishing up right now, that connection. 
but there will be one big loop. So not only will we have summer school, kind of cross country flow based, kind of a lot of little side hits, typical mm-hmm. rock solid style, you know, kind yep. of with the rocks and fun stuff like that. The climber, which is actually magic carpet. It was a lot of people don't know about that one because it's not fully finished and connected to the bottom yet. But that yeah. one's like a three, four percent grade that is easy to pedal up to the top because the road obviously is the most direct route and highest grades and kind of tends to blow you up a little bit yeah um yeah we threw that into the into the race last year you guys yeah so magic carpet is a dedicated climb flo ryan is a dedicated downhill that is kind of directly within the bike park boundaries and uh that's more of like an intermediate based flow trail super fun fast lots of big whoops um some some side hits not a ton but uh, just really fast kind of yeah i was able to ride some of that last night with your crew and when we were riding that last night, it's typical Copper Harbor stuff. There's what, what I really like about this place is the fact that you, you seem to find granite bedrock in, in various locations and you're able to incorporate that in. And, and the traction or the, the grip you get on that granite is, it's kind of unbelievable. Yeah. And it's, in, and the natural bedrock automatically kind of feels chunky, you know, but it's a real consistent surface. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a, as a trail builder, you kind of learn to to read the terrain underneath the ground and you, and you kind of see the rock formations and try to figure out how to incorporate them. And that's kind of been, I don't know, probably one of the defining characteristics of our trail building style. And that's why it's called rock solid. We work, we work well with rocks, bedrock. Yeah, well, you have to. If you, <laughs> yeah. if, if, you, if you didn't work well with the rocks, you wouldn't be building up here. Absolutely. So so moving forward with the, with the Keweenaw Peninsula in general, um, there's a new nonprofit, I believe, or organization that just formed up called Cork, which is the Keweenaw Outdoor Recreation Coalition. What's the backstory behind that? And what do you what do you foresee how that will benefit the community? Well the well the Recreation Coalition is a group that formed directly from recognizing the need for expanding our outdoor recreation opportunities. The eight thousand acres that was purchased at the at the tip of the peninsula um, was kind of just the start to a much bigger project that a lot of people set forth a long time ago. You know, before a long time ago, they, there was talk of the entire Keweenaw Peninsula being a state park and being managed for recreation, but that never happened. The, the state ended up purchasing a lot smaller a quantity, only getting 8,000 acres. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's quite a bit, but... But there's a lot up here. But there's a lot up here. Most of it's timber company okay. land, in which case it's actively being logged and ready to be sold um, because there's just not a lot of money in the timber industry anymore. And if that happens, we're going to see um, a lot of increased parcelization and a lot of increased uh, private property signs going up. And that's going to kind of ruin um, the integrity of the area as the primary purpose of the of the per, of the peninsula besides logging has been, you know, recreation. And I think a lot of the local people here and a lot of the visitors for years, um, the, the draw is basically having unlimited access to this piece of property. And if we lose it, it's going to be a huge detriment. So KRC was formed with kind of with that ideology in mind was to kind of preserve and to figure out how to enhance and create uh, value for preservation through recreation. Yep. And that was why we brought all these different user groups together is because like we talked about earlier in the program, you know, like everybody needs to be at the table to have a voice. And Mm -hmm. when you get multiple voices at the table, you have a lot more power. You speak as a much broader community and create 
a much stronger ask when going to an entity and looking for for assistance. Yeah, and you do have pretty much all forms of outdoor recreation here, even uh, UTV and ATV routes. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So snowmobiling in the winter, and yeah, we're looking to expand cross country skiing and fat biking and all that kind of stuff as part of this plan. Cool. Um, but a lot of that plan involves access to a lot of these properties that are still uh, in timber. private hands. Yeah, and timber company. Cool. So. Awesome. Well, I think I, I think we covered everything. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to quick touch on? That, um, you know, right now, I mean, no, I think we touched on a lot of stuff. You know, there's been, you know, Rock Solid is uh, has been the primary focus for years, but I now think that Rock Solid and the in the position that it's in um, has been able to kind of be an influence in the area and help provide funding and additional resources to this build out and. Uh, um, I think anybody who knows of Copper Harbor will probably see the progression of trail building happening for years to come now. And, and, and a result, uh, I think that'll keep people coming back. For sure. And Rock Salad as a company, I know you guys, I believe you're probably the biggest trail building company if in the country, if not the world. You know, the way you're able to scale. And to, I mean, how many, I don't know how many trail building companies have more than five to 10 employees. And here you got 70 employees right now. And and that's that speaks volumes. And I know you've you've done work where I live in Lacrosse, and the work is always super high quality. And so we appreciate everything that you've been able to bring there. And it's awesome that you know out of this little Keweenaw Peninsula, you've been able to to build you know a, a company that can add to not only your community but other communities around the definitely around the Midwest, but around the nation. Well, thanks. It's uh, yeah, it's been it's been a ton of fun, Josh, and I think. Uh, the reality is, is for those who know me know that it's as much as it's about building company, it's about building family. You know, I think that's the reason Rock Solid has been so successful is that we do focus on trying to, you know, to create a conversation on how to continually better trail building, you know. Um, and as we've added more people to the company, it's nice because we've been able to essentially gain more styles of trail building with the company because every artist brings a different vision. So yeah. we get, we're able to kind of, you know, figure out like what's a good combination for, you know, sending people to, to different destinations and, and adding different styles and flavors. You know, we can drop in a blue trail or a Kyle trail or a Neil's trail and not every trail is going to be, you know, have the same feeling to it. Yeah. So I think that's been the joy and growing and then working with all these guys and developing new concepts and ideas. And Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being able to take the time out of your busy day and I know you're going to get back to working on Trails and Campground here. So thank you very much. And we'll catch up with some more people here from Copper Harbor for this Copper Harbor series. All right. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed in the show can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've heard, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing these shows will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. This podcast has been made possible by Mountain Bike Radio. Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and as an Evolution Trail Services production. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>